And the Defence Minister is home after a trip to the Solomon Islands amid heightened tensions around the Pacific. The government is trying to bolster relationships throughout the region after Solomon Islands signed a wide-reaching security agreement with China earlier in the year. Earlier, I asked the Minister, Pini Hinari, what progress has been made on Aotearoa's maritime security work plan with the Solomons. So I had the good fortune of meeting with Minister Vicky and his team again, uh, who are leading that particular strategy. Our defence officials have been working close with them, closely with them uh, since um, uh, I made that commitment to them uh, a few months back. And so the progress being made is the information sharing in order to support them, as well as the capacity. Now, you know, here in New Zealand, we have a number of officials who can help us with that. Uh, in Solomon Islands, they just simply don't have that capacity. So we've been able to support them there. Uh, and I'm confident uh, that that work program is progressing well. And so too was Minister Vicky when I spoke with him. In terms of that information sharing, does that mean New Zealand will be more privy to information around their arrangements with China? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, the information sharing I'm speaking to is specifically about um, what their aspiration and planning is in, in relation to marine security, maritime security. Uh, and what we're doing is opening up our experience, our pathway to our strategy, uh, which was led by multi-agency. Now, see, my commitment to him around the maritime security was as defence minister. But what we know is effective maritime security involves multiple agency. And when I spoke with Minister Vicky in the Solomon Islands, he says, uh, that uh, it was a great example and uh, he enjoyed uh, the conversations with our team so that he can push his multi-agency approach towards maritime security. So that's the information sharing I'm talking about. In the defence assessment um, last December, it was said that the establishment of a military base or dual-use facility in the Pacific would be among the most threatening potential developments. Were you given any assurances that that wasn't happening in the, in the Solomon Islands specifically in regards to, to their arrangements? Um, look, in my discussions with Minister Vicky, they've been quite clear to us that uh, it, that's certainly not the case, uh, that... Um, their arrangement with with China uh, is one of support. Um, what they also mentioned to me while I was there was that, you know, they are looking towards other opportunities where they might utilise New Zealand skill set in particular to help them train their own police force and, and to support them with their security matters. And, you know, I welcome that invitation by Minister Vicky and, you know, I'm hopeful that we might be able to assist them in that. On your travels, you also spoke to counterparts about our defence policy review and, and, and potentially strengthening ties with them. What do they want from, from Aotearoa? They've been quite clear that they see uh, Aotearoa as uh, the huarahi or the bridgeway uh, into, uh, into the Pacific. Now, what they mean by that is they recognise our long-held strong relationships with multiple Pacific islands uh, and they like the way that we operate. And if... There's one thing I gained too on my time there was that the Solomon Island people respect and and enjoy the way that our police force and our defence force personnel uh, conduct themselves uh, amongst their communities. So uh, I know that our partners, uh, for example, uh, Deputy Secretary Sherman, in our discussion while I was over there, 
Uh, she said she admired the way that we maintain relationships in the Pacific and was hopeful that they would use that particular expertise and strength to come in behind and support. Just with um, international relations, Minister, you know, with the various superpowers there and, and the conflicts that they're in and creating, we've just had a flurry of senior US government and military officials here. Are we considering formalising those defence arrangements? Look, we already have quite a large number of official defence arrangements. And for example, uh, you know, our clear um, uh, partnership and ally with Australia, we are in a number of agreements with the likes of the US. But I want to highlight one particular agreement which I think is important, uh, and that is the South Pacific Defence Ministers meeting or forum that will be happening later this year. That's important because while, yes, there are great actors and large actors uh, as we explore, as we continue through this geostrategic competition in the Pacific, but what's I found always quite bizarre is that the voices of actually those Pacific nations are lost in these discussions. One of my jobs and and one that I I enjoy doing is bringing their voice into these discussions. And I think we'll get another opportunity to come together as South Pacific defense ministers and be able to discuss these matters as it relates to us here in the South Pacific, which I think is important. Will Kiribati be part of those discussions, part of that um, that meeting that you're referring to? Uh, as it stands now, um, um, off the top of my head, uh, I'm not too sure Kitty Bus are, but what I do know is uh, it includes Australia, ourselves, Tonga, uh, Fiji, um, uh, PNG. Um, those are the ones off the top of my head, my friend. So uh, I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly, Kitty Bus isn't part of that. Uh, but look, there are other opportunities for the likes of Kitty Bus to continue their. Um, voice and conversation and the likes of the Pacific Island Forum, which I think is important too. Yeah, cause I, I guess why I obviously specifically ask about Kiribati is because of their departure from, from the forum and the impacts of that and also the speculation around the reasons why they did that, one of them potentially being their relationship with China. Was that raised in any of your discussions um, with, with Minister Vicky um, and other counterparts while in the Solomon Islands? <clears throat> No, not specifically, but I can say that uh, a number of the discussions with Minister Vicky included was around the regional architecture, if you like. Um, so uh, it wasn't specific about any other country, but of course, you know, they acknowledge that they're one part of the Pacific, just as we are too. Mm. Just, I guess, because of the potential concerns of, of the exploitation of, of some of those fractures, maybe. The, the concern around the regional architecture was as uh, players continue to focus or refocus the energy in the Pacific, um, you know, we've all got to ask ourselves, well, the relevancy of um, the architecture, whether or not that's the kind of architecture uh, that's evolved to a place that will take us into the future. And, you know, I think those are all valid questions, but they won't be answered if we are constantly speaking over each other or not with each other, which is why that, um, for at least my part as a defence minister, um, the South Pacific Defence Ministers meeting, as well as the upcoming ASEAN Defence Ministers meeting, will, will be really important. Mm. It, some of what Wendy Sherman said, Deputy Secretary of State, um, around AUKUS, would, would we consider joining AUKUS? Look, right now, that's not a consideration for this government. But what I will say is, since the AUKUS agreement was announced, which was almost a year ago now, uh, I've made it clear that 
there are no doubt as this agreement evolves, there is going to be uh, a technology advancement that I think New Zealand would be silly not to look towards how we might uh, develop our technology space. Um, in many of my discussions, technology is certainly one of, at the forefront of a lot of what we talk about in terms of our security uh, and our defence. Mm. Now, you're also fast-tracking a defence policy re- review. What do you anticipate you'll be adding to the, the defence force capabilities? Um, obviously, technology you've spoken to there, but, but what else is, is top of list? The policy review will have to go through its process, but I've always been clear that our infrastructure and our people are really important. And a big key part of the policy review is, you know, we've got a challenge now to regenerate our workforce after Protect and the COVID-19 pandemic. What we need to do is make sure that we have a clear strategy to do that. And that's why the policy review is really important. Uh, infrastructure, I've always made that clear. Uh, we need to work out exactly what our uh, uh, infrastructure footprint needs to look like. As you all know, uh, Marnie, many of the, the, the defence footprint in New Zealand uh, was built after World War II. Uh, we've got to ask ourselves, is that relevant today? Uh, and uh, if not, then what does look relevant and how we can make sure that that serves our needs into the future? We know, for example, um, and I'll just use this as an example, Devonport, uh, the city's uh, grown so big and so fast, uh, there's little space for Devonport now. Uh, so we've got to make those key decisions. And I'm always upfront about the fact that our infrastructure and our people must be at the forefront of that decision making. Mm. We need money money to make those uh, big moves though, right? Yes, that's exactly right. And in order to get that money, we've got to be clear on what that plan is moving forward, which is why the policy review is important. But I do want to remind the country that since 2017, that's when this government has been in power. Over $4 billion, $4.5 billion worth of money invested in some of those capabilities. Uh, but this comes back to my people piece. It's no good ordering... Uh, big hardware and assets if we actually don't have the people to operate them. So those pieces have to go hand in hand. But I do want to reiterate, we do have a number of capabilities coming online very quickly uh, in, the, in the next few months. Just you say your question in the House by the ACT Party around the state of some of the, the barracks. Um, what's the latest with that in terms of getting that up to, up to standard? Oh, look, we've always been clear that we will... Um, uh, we've got a particular target to make sure that the investment in our infrastructure uh, brings it up to the standard that's required by this government. But like I said, in order to, for us to make sure that those investments land where they need to, we must make key decisions around what our footprint looks like, what our base uh, structure and makeup looks like. There's no good building, uh, looking towards building houses. And I said, uh, use the example of Devonport. When actually you can't afford to build houses in Devonport, there's no space to build houses in Devonport. And we need to make sure that whatever infrastructure we have moving forward uh, is fit for purpose. Uh, But I do want to reassure you and the public that we are well on target to make sure that we meet our healthy home standard uh, as required by the government. Mm Just lastly, obviously, you know, Totato Hononga ki Mwananuya Kiwa is is extremely um, strong and on many levels. Um, you know, the December defence assessment said Pacific faces existential threats from climate change and that the current security arrangements won't be sufficient in future amid strategic competition and that potentially, even in what which was identified, is our sovereignty could be threatened. Now you've had all of these meetings, you've got these meetings coming up later this year with foreign counterparts. 
as Minister of Defence for Aotearoa, are you feeling reassured and, and how much more needs to be done? We need to, as a, as a South Pacific and New Zealand's part of that, of course, uh, continue to push hard on the climate change discussion. And I'm always reminded of what uh, Minister Seriratu from Fiji said at a big forum in Singapore, where he said, the world right now is talking about ballistic missiles. In, U- in Fiji, the number one threat is climate change. And if we want to be serious about supporting the Pacific, and indeed ourselves, we've got to take climate change seriously. This government's invested significant money to look towards investing in the Pacific to build climate change resilience. But from a defence perspective, that means that we've got to look at how we respond to disaster relief, humanitarian assistance in this region, and we've got to make sure that we've got a clear plan and work in partnership with others to uh, to realise how we might be able to respond there. But that's only going to work if we work together. It won't work if we're in, in isolation. And that was the Defence Minister, Penny Hinari.